Welcome to the 624 Pod, your home for all things independent films. We're going to discuss all the positives and negatives when it comes to independent filmmaking. We're going to have incredible guests from the film industry talk about the behind the scenes experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how the industry has changed in the past 10, 20 minutes. Yeah, minutes, hours, years. years. That's the point. It's always changing. And of course, we will always focus on independent filmmaking right here in our state of New Jersey. I'm Tom Baldinger. And I'm Mark Rigadana. All right, let's do this. All right, Tom. So tell me, who do we have on today? Dude, we've got a uh, we got a great guest. He's uh, he's a, an amazing, accomplished actor. Uh, his name is Tony Dennison. All the way going back to Crime Story. Oh yeah. Uh, the Closer. Yeah. Major Crimes. Playmakers. Fabulous actor. <laughs> What's that? Playmakers. Playmakers. And I'm also uh, one of the ten thousand greatest guys in the neighborhood. There you go. There you go. Uh, and Tony, uh, you know, you worked with Tony yeah, uh, on to. our on our project, Unsuited. So, uh, you know, welcome Tony Dennison to the 624 podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. My pleasure, man. So, Tony, uh, you know, I'm just going to start off and then just going to let you run. Talk to us about the current state of what's going on with SAG, WGA. There was a new settlement. Talk to us about that. Well, as I understand it, the uh, WGA has settled. Though they have a, they have a deal, which the networks and studios are calling our final, uh, you know, uh, whatever it's called, offer. Like it's kind of like you know, ooh, you take this or you know, go pound sand. But um, so they got to bring the, the particulars to the membership. There's like eleven thousand members of Sa of uh, WGA. Right. I don't know if they got everything they wanted. You know, um, it sounds like they did, though. Right. I mean, well, it, I mean, well, they got well, again, you know, when you get the information from the uh, the in-house newspapers, so to speak, like CNN and all they're owned by the studios and the network. Mm. So, you know, how are they going to report the story? Oh, well, those wonderful people over there at, you know, ABC and Netflix <laughs> and all they, they, you know, and, and Warner Brothers and they came up with this really wonderful idea. And these dodo birds and the and the uh, WGA should take it, you know. When, but I, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems seems like it's a good deal. Yeah. Uh, and you know, they got eleven thousand people to say, I don't know what percentage of has to agree. However, on the, for the actors, there's one hundred and sixty thousand members. Right. Right. Now, a certain amount of us earn a living at acting full time. Uh, but uh, but also a greater amount than that vote. And uh, so as long as it seems like it's reasonable, um, you know, uh, I think I think they will agree with it, too. I mean, I mean, why not? I mean, it's been like four months now, five months. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. So, we, go ahead. On a on a complete layman's terms so for anybody who doesn't know what the strike is about. Can you give a, a, a simple breakdown of it? Well, as I understand, the strike is about they keep going on about this AI thing, you know, and uh, also streaming. You remember in the remember in the Godfather when uh, Sonny Corleone says to us, "There's a lot of money in that white powder, Pop." You know, there's a lot of money in that streaming, Pop. You know, and uh, and they but like a lot of it. They well, how do we judge it? They know how tall you are, you right. know how far you drove the day before, you know, who's watching the show. They know who's streaming. Uh, but it's 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 another bookkeeping, you know, a thing that they have to do. And it's like, there's a lot of money there in streaming, just a lot of money. 
I mean, again, what percentage and how, if is it going to be a diminishing amount, like with residuals, which I never understood, residuals like you get from television or movies that show on television, right? the residual scale tends to go down over time. Mm. Cost of living continues to go up, whether it's inflation or not. It just goes up, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I never understood that. And hopefully that will be one aspect in streaming that they won't do because I don't understand how it can, why it would go down because people coming in and watching stuff, they watch it for the first time or they decide to watch it again. That They, they do know that, but that's not our fault as actors. And the other thing they have is, so I, I'm sure they'll work that stuff out. Uh, and the other thing is the uh, AI, artificial in intelligence. Intelligence, yeah, artificial intelligence. And, uh, yeah. So they were like mm -hmm. saying, like, the, the, uh, oh my God, they can write the scripts, and they don't need a, you know, they don't need a writer. It's not entirely true because AI is just a computer. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't want to get like you know Terminator on everybody, but it's just a friggin' computer. And right. at the end of the day, that computer has access to writings from all around the world of what's already been written. It doesn't go to some place and, you know, find like dialogue and words that never wrote before. Like, didn't that some like little computer guy sitting there going, Oh, I, you know, so what they do is they take it from places already existing. Right. They take it from David Mamet scripts. They take it from Aaron Sorkin they may, scripts. They, they, may, they go, okay. They change a couple of things around, but the computer will take it from there. Not because it's a plagiarizer, but it's because it's, it's, you know, it, I know it a lot of writers go. that do the same thing. <laughs> right. But at the end right? of the day, what happens is uh, like you could put into an AI thing, say, you know, write me Hamlet and make it be about a bunch of guys in the Bronx, you right. know, and it would be a really interesting script. But, but, but since Shakespeare is public domain, you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, you know, suing Shakespeare. But, but now there's a lot of writers, novelists who are saying, wait, well, wait a minute. That, that passage in that little section that AI came out with, that's lifted right from my novel. And so there's lawsuits out the yin-yang heading their way. But I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that it's, again, another, it's a lot of bookkeeping on the part of the actors, you know, who, right. you know, who I mean, the writers, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, whatever. But I, I don't, then they were saying, you know, they want to buy the, the, the visual image of the, of the background people and other actors. You know, Harrison Ford says, well, I don't know. I, they were saying it's like Harrison Ford was, thinking, well, it's an interesting concept. But if I'm Tom Cruise and you want to buy my image for AI for in perpetuity, in perpetuity mm. I'm going to sell it to you for like $50 billion. Right. Because 25 years from now, if you're still using me, $50 billion is going to seem like, you know, chump change. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, but right now, $50 billion is a lot to me. And so that's what they would do. And eventually it's like, just like the diminishing returns on residuals, <laughs> eventually sometime in the future, it's going to be like, we paid him how much? <laughs> you know. Tony, the uh, the last time, if I, I was doing some research on this, and obviously there's been so many different reports, um, the last time that the WGA went on strike was 15 years ago. Is I don't that... remember, to be honest with you. Not no, I don't think. But well, might you know? Well, you know what? Yeah, you might be right. I think it was 15 years ago. So right. what? 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 How long was that strike? Do you re, do you recall that at all? Do you? How did that affect you as an actor? How did that? How did that affect it didn't the, the really process? Affect me as an actor because I was doing uh, I was doing the closer at the time. So as soon as they settled their you know all their Michigas, we went right back to work. Now what about now? Right. So they they've been on strike for four months. Um, some some of our guests in our in, in our next episodes we're going to be talking about how it's affected. Uh, filmmaking and and that the fall season right now is pretty much gone for anything scripted. So they come back, you know, say in a week or two, it's settled. What happens? 
Well, see, but that's okay. This, this, let me answer your question with two answers, please. Uh, or part A, part B. Uh, part oh. A is that there's no longer like you know the fall schedule because they're hell bent on getting rid of network television as a as a as a venue. To watch shows, I mean, they they're really still going to do it for a while, and you know, because they said all the baby boomers eventually they're going to be gone. No, I mean, that's not true. People below be baby boomers, Generation X, they come home from work, they sit down in front of the TV, they click on it, they don't want to go to some like you know, uh, Amazon or Apple and you know, they like, go through the shuffle through, they just want to go channel two, channel four, right. HBO, you know, uh, TNT, they just want to do that and sit back and you know, have a drink and then go to sleep, you know, watching a show. That's all they want to do. But at the end of the day, this is what they think, you know, they, that they can, they can, they, by doing this, this streaming stuff, there's no longer really a season because a show can premiere on, on, let's say Apple, it can premiere in January. And now a season can be six episodes, right? A full season could be six. Yeah. You can download all, you can, what they call binge watching. Right. You can do that. Some shows still release their show. Like, uh, my girl and I, we we love uh, Ted Lasso. Uh, did that. We love the murders in the building. We love watching. Oh that yeah, show. right, right. Yeah. So they release those. They don't release release them all at once. Same thing with 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 hacks with uh, 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 on uh, HBO, which I love that show too. Oh, and, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, bill, yeah. You got billions of hacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they it's there. There's a choice, right? There's a you know, dr- dump it all, and here's all Seems ten episodes of hacks. Gene What's Smart. that? He's one Gene Smarts on her. Oh, so wonderful. good. He's wonderful. You know, uh, I love it. It's old school, new school comedians. It's right yeah, I mean, the thing is like, and you get, you know, it's like, look, nothing against young people. I mean, like, I, I watched, you know, I watched some of these shows like Euphoria and the other one, Idol. I think it's called Idol. And I'm like, it just, I mean, I know it appeals to but those are being people. released once a week, right? That's not like, yeah, that's, that's appealing to a, na- I think, a more, much more narrow audience. Mm. than the broad audience that's available. And, you know, because I always say when somebody's like 18, 17 years old and they break up with their boy girlfriend or their boyfriend, it's like, oh, my God. It's like, what are you kidding? You're 17 yeah. years old. You know how many times you're going to go through this? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was wondering if you broke up and the person happened to be like a spy and they were like, you know, getting in information to like, you know, a foreign government. And then, you know, or they were supplying, you know, uh, fentanyl through, you know, I, that. But the fact that you break up with your girlfriend and you're going through that angst, it's like, no, sorry. Even when you're in your friggin' twenties, for God's sakes. I mean, come on. I couldn't you imagine know. being single at our but, age. But but then again, I'll tell you one thing though. Oh. You I'll sit down and watch a show about a guy who collects buttons, and I don't care if the person is 15 years old, as long as it's got like a really good storyline, right? You know, and interesting characters. You know, I'll watch anything as long as it's what instead of a lot of times you'll see some shows that are made specifically to an idea and they may be cast along just types but then when you have ones that are about a a specific idea that the writer has not that the network might have or the studio might have and it's cast along people who you think are like really right for the role then you know you wind up with some like really excellent shows you know but then again i look at at the end of the day it's like (laughs) i forget the guy's name the actor's name uh anyway I, i i sit around and i just say you know what? I my higher my higher power my 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 I just say you know just you know what I know there's another show out there for me to do 
uh, please, you know, let it come. Let it be done locally so I don't have to relocate <laughs> if possible. But, I, but I'm willing to relocate if I have to. As long as there are cops and mobsters, you will work. Well, thank you, sir. From your mouth to God's ears. Like I said to somebody, they said, as much as I hate the cold, and I hate the cold. That's why I live in L.A. And uh, somebody said, if crime stories shot, you know, like in Alaska, <laughs> where's, where's the ticket? I'm ready. Let's go. You know, I'll, I'll go, you know, fight the Inuits in the Fargo. Uh, you know, and shoot it, you know, shoot at the other guy, the other fur traders, or whatever the whatever the mob would be into up there, you know. <laughs> so Tony, what do you what do you think is gonna happen next? Now, I mean, WGA settles. How long will well, it hopefully take? Hopefully they'll settle. Well, they have to like I said, the eleven thousand members have to but how long what, do you think it'll take for SAG to to follow suit? That's a sixty four thousand dollar question. Uh, Fran is Fran Dresser is doing a great job. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a tough cookie. And, um, you know, and I don't mean that in a sexist way. You know, I don't, you know, these people sitting there taking notes. Hey, wait, Tony Dennison said he called her a cookie. Oh, God. Let's bar him from the world. No, You've been canceled. You're canceled. Let's, let's, let's cancel him from Earth. No, uh, uh, you know, see if you can get a job on the moon. No, uh, she's tough. She's a tough character. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, so she's like, okay, fine. You want to play, you know, they're playing hardball. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what. I mean, even in Congress, it's supposed to negotiate. You're supposed to, you know, it's not about like, okay, let's do it your way this week, and then we'll do it your way next week. You know, it's like people fight for stuff that they want, and the people have to be able to fight back. And that's what life's about. It's like compromise, communication, creativity. See what you can come up with. What do you think about the the possibility of the striking for the video games? Oh, yeah. We all, oh, I think that's good. Well, that, that's we all signed. Uh, we all voted. I don't tell people how I voted, but there was a vote that went around. And uh, it was about to add on the video games. And um, under the current, yeah. they want that under the current agreement that whatever under is going to be negotiated. Game, right. Wow. Right. Wow. And that's that's a lot. There's a lot of money in video games in the voiceovers. I mean, that's tremendous. It's insane how many if you go to YouTube, the most watched videos aren't music. It's not clips from films. It's people playing video games. And that's just yeah. That's that's see. That's why you know the the what do you, what do you call it the um, the streaming and all those those cards I call them that you go to the place and, and yeah. you know on the satellite and you see oh uh, you see like Apple or or Amazon or Hulu yeah. or all these places. Paramount, Peacock. And I think a lot of them have like you can download a lot of video games, you know, yeah. and and some of the, the graphics on those things are just like really wow. They're filmed. But at the end of the day, it's still AI in terms of the, the the thing. And what what I don't fear about from AI is AI. If they replicated actors, AI doesn't understand understands can define the word you know deception. Right. It doesn't want to act deception, you know, like when a director comes in and directs a play or directs a movie or a TV show, he says, listen, and when you come in, let's say the character said that he's lying to the other person. I want you to lie, but I want you to sort of laugh about it while you're lying. Mm. A computer would never know to do that. AI would never understand what that means, that mm. you can be lying and lying. You could be laughing and lying mm. or you can be your heart can be broken. Yeah. And, you know, you decided to like, hey, you know, whatever. That's what makes humanity something that you can't replicate yeah. with the machine maybe you know 25 years from now they'll, they'll get really but, but i don't think that they'll know that you can't get the adjectives and the directing yeah you can't you can't 
<laughs> you can't bullshit the bullshitters, as they say. Can I curse? Am I allowed to curse? Oh, sure. I, Dave, we're allowed to curse, right? Yeah, see? Yeah, really. You know, so that's what it's about. It's, like, it's so much. It's so. I mean, if you look at some of like, you look at some of the stuff, like you look at Brando's stuff, you know, some of his early brands, and when he like he goes, <laughs> and you, know, you think, oh my God, he's going to explode any minute now. <laughs> A computer's not going to know that. Right, and that's what and that's what makes some of the, some of the uh, my son and I have been watching some some great movies. We watched The Godfather, we watched Scent of a Woman, and there's moments in film where nothing is said; it's just the emotion, or it's the yeah. it's the reaction of the actor or actress, right? And I said to my and we were watching The Departed, and there's this towards the end of the movie when Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, character is it's his funeral, and Matt Damon is looking across the at the at his at his girlfriend slash wife. Had no idea that she was had an affair with him, and there was nothing being said. But they were on the opposite sides of the casket, and she's crying her eyes out. And Matt Damon looks at Leonardo DiCaprio's picture, uh, you know, by the casket, and then looks at her and does like three or four different takes. And it all came to him at that moment, right? <laughs> to your point, Tony, AI is not going to be able to do that. You well, know? and yet the other the other element in that is the brilliant brilliant camera work of Scorsese. Yes. To, to not over, you know, you know, to not, you know, hit you in over that, the head. Look at him. Look at her. I mean, just, it was just nothing was said, but you knew it. And I, I turned to my son. I'm like, that's brilliant directing. That's great well, filmmaking. What, right what Scorsese's wonderful out of subtlety. Right. He's so wonderful at subtlety. Uh, Spielberg, subtlety. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who directed um, um, Rain Man, uh, Barry Levinson. Right, you know, he's one of these. When, he's, when you, everybody talks about the greatest directors around, a lot of people don't come hit, mention him first or up in the top five. But Barry Levinson stuff is like awesome. Yeah, awesome stuff. And then like Sidney Lumet, like you know, you have to be you know out of your diapers at least to remember who the hell Sidney Lumet is, you know. <laughs> but Sidney Lumet is like, and and uh, oh my god, uh, there's so many directors out there that are just even like the guy like John Ford. Craig, oh yeah, he was kind of like a you know, one of these like sort of Yahoo kind of guys. He's got the most Oscars of all the friggin' directors mm. on Ford. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at and every every director you talk, the coolest directors on earth, when they're talking about this, yeah, well, I, you know, I sort of borrowed from John Ford. I did, but the death from John Ford, like mm. David Lean, you know, all of his movies, John Ford, um, Scors uh, Spielberg, for a fact, borrowed from John Ford. You know, it's like when somebody's doing. Uh, What's their names? The the Cohen brothers, also John Ford. Right. And then they do that that big vista, you know, move back shot. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, this stuff is like really brilliant to watch. You know, and what you do is you just put your own little spin on it, so yep. that it becomes it becomes specifically your own. And this kind of stuff, I mean, I, you know, I never tire of that stuff. I just right. never. I mean, there's a movie called The Big Lebowski. Have you ever watched that? <laughs> oh god! It is man. about nothing, mm -hmm. but it is the most interesting movie. I mean, it's like it's, it, it quickly went to my top twenty-five movies of all time. Yeah. I love if you try it. to explain what it's about, yeah, it makes no sense. But when you, you watch it, it's universal. Watching. It's yeah. got a universal story, you know, and it's great and it's, characters. You know, yeah. and then when you hear uh, like Jeff Bridges, who I don't, I've not, I've not ever met the man, but I'm, I've always been a big fan of his. Like I'd say, you know, well, a really great actor is Jeff Bridges. They go. Oh, 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 yeah. Who? You know, oh, yeah, Jeff Bridges. Then when he finally wins the Oscar, which was so overdue to him, mm. you know, then they go, oh, yeah, Jeff Bridges, man, he's cool. He's great. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my Tony, your mother calling. Tony, talk to talk to us about some of the um, 
uh, like some of the best experiences and some of the worst experiences. And, you know, you don't have to name names, but like, or just some of your the, the funniest or best experiences that you've had, whether it be on TV or film, like some story, something two, that's kind of popped up. I'll tell you two quick stories. Please. One is, you know, you, li you like to think like, you know, as an actor from New York, you know, all that, you know, all that stuff. Bravado. Like you think you think like your hips looking cool. So mm -hmm. two stories that happened. Well, two situations. Once when I was doing this TV series, which unfortunately didn't make it. It was called Undercover, originally called a company about the CIA. And it was a really good show. It was Linda Pearl and myself, John Reese Davies, and John Slattery. It was it was it was good. Good. And Casey Lemons. It was it was really a good and Colleen Flynn, a good cast, good movie, but just didn't make it, you know. But anyway, so I'm on, we're on the back lot of Warner Brothers. And I'm looking down, this, this set doesn't doesn't exist anymore. And they should, I can't believe they got rid of it. But I'm I'm looking down the thing, I'm thinking, man, I, I know that place. It was like a livery stable, you know, it, it was, I was like near the Western Street uh, and the on the Warner Ranch. And I'm thinking, so the one of the one of the crew guys comes over and he goes, Does that look familiar to you, Tony? And I go, Yeah, as a matter of fact, it does. I said, But I've never worked on the ranch before. He goes, That's delivery stable from high noon. I go, Oh my god, high noon. I'm like a little <laughs> chair. I'm running down. Oh my god, oh my god. I'm you know, and here I am, like, you know, yeah, uh, acting from New York from Harley, you know, Sicilian, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, and I'm like, oh my god, you know. I mean, it just and then another time, the same show, actually, the same series. I'm with Kevin Ty, good actor, you know, and uh, so Kevin and I are doing the scene. <laughs> I laugh about it now. <laughs> we're doing we're doing the scene, and we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be in an old age home, you know, like where his mother is, you know. Right. And we're walking around, we're walking through, and we wind up in this room, and we do like a 50-50 talk to each other, and they're shooting the cameras over here and shooting the two of us on a, on a, on a profile. And as I'm talking to him, I look over and I look in the TV and it's the third man by Orson Welles. And I'm looking and I'm thinking in my head, I'm going, how fucking cool is that? We're doing a show about spies and the third man is on the fucking TV at the same time. <laughs> so when the silly yell cut, I go, you guys, you see that? The third man is on the TV at the same time we're doing the show. And all the crew looks at me and they go, Tony, that's our feed. And I went, oh, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> Oh, it's completely it like might have been on purpose. <laughs> I you know, and then they said, Tony, that's our feed. That's our that's our video feed. And I was like, I knew that. I was just teasing you guys. I mean, I, but I was like, you know, checking you know, to make sure you guys knew. Mr. Gable, you know, that kind of stuff. That's but crazy. then one the one actor who I who I just just I've worked with, I met a lot of people in the business, you know, a lot of celebrities and, and yeah. sports figures and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I never got a chance to meet uh, Muhammad Ali. I heard he was a fan of mine from Crime Story. Oh, that's but, awesome. But, yeah, somebody, this guy, Don Diamond, from one of the soap operas said to me, so Ali loved you, man. I said, you're kidding me. Because you know, Marvin Hagley, like, he came up to me one day like I was the champ, you know, when I was in <laughs> Vegas. But anyway, so I'm, so I, when I, we, we started the pilot, and Joe Wiseman, Dr. No, you know, the Unforgiven, mm. you know, Duty Crab, I mean, he comes in, he's on the set, and I'm like, Oh my God, it's Joe. I'm going to be working with Joe White. So I said, "Hello, Mr. Wiseman." He goes, "Please call me Joe." I mm. said, oh, "Okay, Mr. Wiseman." He goes, "Tony, please call me call me Joe." I said, "All right, Joseph." <laughs> he just looked at me, and I'm saying, "I'm wor I'm working with Joe Wiseman." I mean, and that guy was doing Broadway until he was 96. Wow, 96 years old. 
Could you imagine? <laughs> and he taught me a lot of stuff. He taught me a lot. Of, he says, everything on the set, everything on the production is designed to destroy your concentration. So mm. whatever you do, make sure, you know, you find your zone, you know, not that you have to sit in the corner. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, 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 I'm a, a methadone actor. I need to get, you know, it's like, <laughs> but it's just, you know, and, and so a lot of times I, I'll do that. And, and uh, I'll just be the side. Try to, if I realize that my concentration is waning, I remember what Joe said to me back in 1980 friggin' six, for God's mm. sakes, you know, and I'll still, re and John Polito, God rest his soul, who was like family to me. He played Bartoli on the show. He was, he was in member Miller's crossing. Stop giving me the hi hat. You remember him? <laughs> anyway, Johnny, you, Johnny took me around the sets a lot of times, you know, and he would, he would like say, stand over here. You feel that? And I go, uh, I don't know. He goes, all right, turn your head over here. And I go, he's, you feel that? I said, yeah, but I don't know what I feel. He goes, that's the light. Get used to feeling the light on your skin. And when you turn over here, you're out of the light. You can feel mm. your skin. And so he would have me do that all around the set. Turn and like just feel the heat of the light so that when you're on, your, you know you're on your mark. As long as you know you're being lit, mm. let's say if they're not to totally crazy with your position, but as long as you know you're being lit and the light's on you, a lot of times they may keep that shot, you know, even if it's not like, you know, what the director wants. Right. Uh, and so the little things like that you learn, you know, and uh, and I to this day I still remember them. I still still remember them. And I you know, I don't want to ever forget them. I don't want to become so like, you know, jaded that, you know, oh yeah, yeah, you can't tell me anything. I want to learn everything. I mean, Julie Bavasso, my acting coach, who helped helped me get Crime Story, recommended me to Bonnie Timmerman and then obviously to Michael Mann. She used to say, you know, <laughs> everything when you when you're doing a when you're doing a show. She goes, you know, even though you're playing a, a mob guy, this is like every mob guy is different. You got to find that individual thing that reaches you for you to, so you can, and, you know, just remember to do that all. Do your work, do your work, you know, and then go to the set and have a ball. Go home, do your homework, and then go to set and have a good time. Now, probably more on the film side than on television, but have you ever been on a set where you really feel, it's not going well. Mm. And then when you saw the finished product, you were blown away that they pulled it off. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, um, I don't want to say the movie. I'm not uh, sure if you're allowed to with, right. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, the thing is, is it's not happened a lot because, you know, one thing I brought to my life because of my dad is, you know, he used to say to me, Anthony, if you know, don't know the answer to my, this is I'm talking about a guy from Sicily who's a truck driver. He said, Anthony, if you know the answer, you don't, if you have a question and you don't know the answer to the question, you got to ask. He said, because mm. the embarrassment of asking is nowhere near the pain of not knowing. Mm. So I, my whole life mm. is dedicated to that. Good advice. So, yeah. so when it comes to acting, you know, a lot of times I'm going to think, I'll ask, the, I'll ask the Tom Schneider question, you know. Like if I'm yeah. a tree, what kind of a tree am I? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes I don't know. And then and then I got I got I got the I got payoff on that when I was doing a, a TV movie with Susan Day. It was called I Love You Perfect. And and Tim Reed was in it, the guy from uh Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid and Lonesome Doves, great cowboy actor. And and so he was telling me a story one time about how when they were on the set of Lonesome Dove, and they, they were all like trying to figure out how to do the scene and and Tommy Lee Jones wasn't in the scene, but but uh, 
Robert Duvall was. <laughs> so he was like, what are we doing? He said, well, let's go ask Robert Duvall. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the guru. He's the main guy. So they go over to Robert Duvall and they say, Robert, you know, you're the, you know, you're the sensei over here. What, what? And he said, well, we were working on The Godfather, you know, Pacino uh, and uh, what's his name? Khan and a couple other people. They were stuck in this one. The scene, and they said, well, let's go ask Brando. You know, it's Brando. <laughs> we go over to Brando. Brando goes, fuck, I know. He says, let's go ask Coppola. <laughs> you know? So, um, Moral of the story, always ask up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I look at my my director is my you know he's my he's my sensei on the right. on the set I'm you know and I, and if I don't understand what he wants I, mm. I you know I I I gotta know I gotta know I just I, I don't think I've ever said a, only once in my whole entire life that I ever say a line that I wasn't really sure I was kind of sure about what the what the backstory or what you know what my my sort of my verb was connected to that line <laughs> but other than that. It's not a line of dialogue I've ever spoken. Comedy, drama, doesn't matter. A horror movie, doesn't matter. Without me understanding the why of it. You know, usually I can figure out the why a lot of times, but when I can't, I go right to the director. Hold on a second. Let me let cat out of the room. <laughs> go ahead, go. <laughs> That's Archie, boy. He's my oldest. He's my oldest. Nice. boy. Dolly, well, I'll, I'll say this: it was it was an absolute pleasure working with you on Unsuited, well, you. and you know you were a true too, professional. Buddy. Oh, thank you, I appreciate that. You were a true professional, I, and uh, I'm 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 very pleased of the friendship that I've that I've created with you, and you're you're, you're a great guy to talk to, and uh, coming on our show here. Um, just as just before we wrap up, we're going to be asking this question um, sure. of all of our guests, and it might be a hard question to answer. Give us your top three films. Top three films? Three films. That like you like if gun to head, you'd well, watch. You give them to you like right away, or should I like think ponder? You could think, you could think. We could right, cut Godfather. her. We can cut this up. Okay. Okay. Uh Casablanca. Okay. Nice. Oh. See, yeah. it has to be four. It has to be four. So all right, okay. All right. We got a tie. You can have a tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Godfather, it's a wonderful life. Uh Ooh. Casablanca and Chinatown. Yeah. Wow, you want excellent, some very excellent. classic. And you can put in for number five. You can put in Godfather Part Two. <laughs> what, what about Godfather Part Three? Just kidding, just kidding. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, look, you know what? He took a shot. Uh, he Cole took Perry. a shot. Well, Andy Garcia was the best part of that whole movie of yeah, Godfather Three. Um, well, shot. Tony, thank you so much for coming on, man. And we're gonna we're gonna have you on again, a hundred thousand percent, right? Yes, Mark? definitely. Because because I feel like we just we just scratched the surface that you have so many stories to tell us. And I got one little quick story, if you don't mind. Of yeah, course. No, please. Sometimes when I maybe this the actors, you know, maybe also some directors, whatever. But when when I'm sometimes when I'm not feeling like I'm thinking like you know that's it, um, my life's at the twelfth of never, and and this is that's the end. I'm not going to mm. work again, you know. And I'm sitting there, and so I think, okay, rather than go to a you know party of one pity party, uh, like I'll think, let me watch a classic movie. Like my I have my I have my my top twenty five of all time, and one of my top twenty five is a movie called Network. And so I thought, you know, I'll watch Network. I haven't seen it for about like six months. You know, I said, so let me watch it. Not to say that I'm in, you know, I go through these moods that often. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but anyway, so I said, let me watch Network. So then I go to read a little something about it that I didn't know. Mm. So I'm reading about Network. Did you know that Peter Finch, who played uh, Howard Beale, okay, and won the Academy Award, I was mm. mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. 
he was the fifth choice for that role. Really? Wow. He lived in, I think, Australia at the time, or he was from Australia. And so his agent calls him up and says, well, Peters, I've got good news and bad news. He goes, you're on the list for uh, network. He goes, but you're fifth on the list. He goes, number one is Henry Fonda. I mean, wow. Henry Fonda's ahead of you. You think, oh, my God. Number two is Paul Newman. <laughs> number three is Marlon Brando. And number Jesus. four is George C. Scott. In the meantime, uh, wow. William Holden, one of my another actor, people, yeah. I mean, guy's brilliant beyond words. But, you know, it's just so effortless. It's just guy's so – anyway, so – they wanted him for Howard Beale. He said, no, I want to play Max Schumacher. I'm fine with that role. Because he also got nominated, too. But anyway, the thing that's so funny is all four of those guys said no. So, like, if you're an actor sitting there, because sometimes my agent will call, well, you're number two on the list. And I go, do I know any mob guys I can call up? And maybe you know, <laughs> get, get these guys to recon, you know, do I know any tough, you know. You know, do the thing like in Johnny Fontaine. What did Johnny Fontaine put you up to this? You know, you know when, he, when he goes to see him about the movie. But it's like I'm like thinking to myself, oh, I think oh, two number two, number three on the list. Damn, you know. And when I heard that Peter Finch was number five, number friggin' five, and the only thing he knew was that he heard from somebody reliable that George C. Scott had known about the project and wasn't really that interested in it. But he wow. wasn't so. So on the basis of that. When he heard that Henry Fonda said no right away, he immediately got on a plane, flew to New York, and met with and was ready to meet with Lamette and uh, Jeskiewski, the writer. And he, uh, when when they went through, they went to Georgie's guy. He said no. He they said okay. So he was there in New York, and they wow. said, oh great, you're here. And he goes, listen, I'll read for you. If you want. No, you don't. Said, no, no, I want to read. I want to show you some ideas I have. And they said okay. And they said, well, that's great. I mean, that's really an interesting. I that we like that a lot. But we were going to go with you. You know. You you know they say you're number five, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you're the guy. You're the one that we want, but you know, and he wins the Academy Award. So I tell people like directors or actors, you know, even writers who are waiting to see if they're going to get hired or something, and they say, well, you know, on the list, but you know, they, they just Peter Finch was on the list of five, and wow. if you have like Paul Newman and Henry mm. Fonda and jo and Marlon Brando ahead of you, just three, yeah. I think I'm going to go fishing, you know. I mean, that's what's what's why why wait around to see number five, mm. <laughs> and so it, fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart, and that's right. what the entertainment industry is about: is about being young at heart and young right. in mind, and just keep plugging away. Just, just yeah. keep plugging away. No, nobody, because you know what? William Goldman said it best in the Adventures of the Skin Skin Trade, Screen Trade. Nobody knows anything. Nobody right. knows anything. Right. So it's true. Anyway, so I, thank you for allowing me to go over. I apologize. No, that's no, no that's no. okay. No, we and we I like it. the colors of your backdrop. Like, what kind of blue is that? That's a nice. So blue. we're with this. Uh, this these these episodes of Six Twenty Four Pod are being produced by Chop Sports Media here in Matawan, New Jersey. So uh, this is their studio, and we absolutely love it here. And, There's nice uh, colors that bloom. Yeah, they're, they're awesome colors. They're really awesome colors. And uh, Dave Sturcio, our producer, he's uh, he's one of the owners here at Chop Sports Media. The well, owner. Uh, nice and he colors. does a great job here. So we're, you know, we love it here. Anyway, guys, God bless. Uh, have a great show. Uh, please, uh, you know, unsuited. I had a ball working on that show. It's a really good show. 
and you know, I hope it runs for like seven, eight years. Uh, we got, we got some, we got some potential news coming up. So uh, I'll keep, I'll keep you posted on that, Tony. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, before we wrap up here, uh, Mark, let me just uh, make a shout. Do I get out any money our- for oh. this, or no. do I get a prize, or a hat, or something? Or um, I'll get. I'll well, actually, so I'll send to you. I'm sending you some uh, some material, but uh, we've got Mark. these. We've got these 624 production hoodies. Oh, cool! Uh, I'll wear it. That uh, that's uh, that we'll we'll send out to you. Uh, I'm not like you. some actors who go to the opening of an envelope, but I mean, I, you know, I, uh, and actually anybody who's watching and or listening, you can go to uh, www.624productions.com uh, and you can order a, a hoodie. There's T-shirts, there's mugs. Um, so we'll uh, we'll send something out to you, Tony. But um, just before we uh, close out, I just want to mention our sponsor uh, yes. is uh, the Cream Ridge Golf Course and the Roost. Uh, it's uh, out in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Golf course is amazing. Uh, 18 holes, beautiful, beautiful golf course. I've played on there a number of times. And then the restaurant that's owned by the Cream Ridge Golf Course, it's called The Roost. Uh, go there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. They got live, uh, live bands, uh, live entertainment, and the food's great. So we're really happy that they came well, out to sponsor our New show. Jersey, uh, is it near where we filmed? Uh, nowhere near where we filmed, but it's uh, but I can get you next time you're out here. I'll get you out there. We'll uh, we'll hit the links and then. Sure. And I mean, I'm you. not. I'm not. You know, I'm like one of these guys. They always say, you know, uh, wow, my God, you're great. You said you were terrible, and then then they say, wait till the next hole, and they go, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I always tell people I usually throw my clubs farther than the ball. So yeah, <laughs> I'll All drive right. the golf cart. <laughs> Tony, yeah. thank you so much, man. And uh, thanks for having me. I had a ball. It was great. You got I it. I right. a bowl of alphabet soup, and I just kept talking. You know, no, it's fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. We'll, uh, well, folks, thanks for listening in, watching uh, six twenty four pod, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>